Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> thanks a lot for hanging out. I'm trying to adjust this. Uh, for some reason, my headset is not playing correctly or it's not sounding correct. But uh, yeah, glad to be back. Had a great vacation. Thank you very much. Uh, everybody who uh, wanted to know if I had been fired, I had not. Uh, and those who were hoping I had been fired, uh, I was not. So sorry to disappoint you on that one. But um, thank you to Jason Lewis for subbing in. Got to listen to some of that actually on uh, on the way back down from New York. Yeah, we went to New York to see mom and dad and um, my uh, sisters and their families are up there as well, all on the south shore of Long Island. And so uh, we made the drive this year because we decided that, um, you know, air travel is just absolute diseased. And so uh, we decided, you know what, let's not spend like 14 hours in an airport. Let's spend it in a car uh, and we'll break it up over a couple of days, which we did. We stopped on the way up. We met my brother and his family. Uh, we stopped in Gettysburg. Beautiful town. I did a little bit of research on it. Did you know there was a big battle fought there in the uh, Civil War? It's true. And uh, so we we went through the battlefield. And, uh, and look, I don't know. I was uh, just uh, was just mentioning this before we got on the air. But I, I, I had this idea whilst we were driving around because now it's you got the self-guided tours, which are great. You put them on in the car and you drive the battlefield because it's massive, right? Hundreds of acres, right? It's huge. And they have all the markers which were put down long before technology, right? They just had the stone markers that, you know, symbolized where all of the or showed where all of the different regiments and and battalions. And I'm not a military person, so I don't know what all of those terms mean, but the groups of soldiers and they would amass at certain areas. And then they had erected these different monuments to all of the different divisions. Um, and that's all that was all cool and, and great to look at. And some of them, you know told some stories and gave some background on the different divisions, where they were from, where they were out of the battles they had fought in. But I would like to see a, um, rather than just making like a big board, you know, that's kind of almost horizontal that you walk up and you read the, the plaque, basically you read this board and it talks about the troop movements and all of that. I would like to see them take that board first off, make it, glass or plexiglass make it see-through and then turn it completely vertical so i can look through the plexiglass at the rolling hills and such and then draw on the on the plexiglass the troops so i could see them on the actual battlefield so i can see where they would have been and what that would have looked like because look I cannot, my mind cannot grasp the size of all of it, right? The size of the of the battlefield, even when you drive through it all, it's so massive. And you got all these, you know, people, hundreds of thousands of people all over the place. And it's, it, it's just, it's mind boggling. I can't fathom it. It's just the size of it. And so I would have liked to have seen maybe, and it's just an idea, somebody who works 
you know, with a historical preservation or in that space, take this idea, run with it, make it your own, just pay me like, you know, 1%, whatever. Because I know, like, that's how you make the uh, all the money in the history profession. Uh, and so if, you know, put this this big glass board up, and then you draw all the different things on there so I can see the troop movements as they unfolded right there. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, so there was that. We walked around in uh, downtown Gettysburg. We stayed at a uh, at an Airbnb that was, uh, uh, it's like some family, you know, that has local roots there going back pre-Civil War. So, um it was really cool. It was like, a, and they had just turned this house into a into a three story Airbnb. So it's you know it's old, but it's been redone on the inside. So you know we get running water. That's awesome. And, you know toilets, indoor toilets. That was awesome. And uh, but it was very nice. I'm just it was very nice, really cool. Um, and it was two blocks from the downtown. The downtown area was magnificent. It had all sorts of stuff to do. And uh, I, you know what it reminded me of was downtown Asheville, except they love America. It was fantastic. There were American flags everywhere. There was like this unapologetic view of Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. Like, yeah, he's pretty cool. Like everybody was kind of cool with Lincoln. It was neat. I, I, I didn't feel myself, you know, getting triggered by the sight of a, of a Confederate battle flag because they were all in historical context. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I didn't see street protests over some, I don't know, like, you know, artifact or antique um, uh, shop front that, that happened to have a uniform with that logo on it. Nobody was like fainting and swooning in the streets over the sight of these images. It was fantastic. I didn't know it was only like 8,000 people. Gettysburg's only 8,000 people. I will say this, though. Motorcyclists, guys, we have to have a talk. Are you aware how loud you guys are in downtown areas? Do you, know, you realize that? Like I say this from a... a from from a, a a perspective and a position of love, you guys are really loud. You say maybe park on the outskirts. You know you don't have to rev the engines oh so much, blaring the music from your speakers. On you know, I don't know. It's just it, it's kind of jarring sometimes. That's all. That, that's all I'm going to say about it. Also, shout out to the jerks on uh, I-85 yesterday. They were uh, three of these. I don't know. Maybe this is something I'm missing. Maybe it's like a, uh, is this some sort of like TikTok thing or a, a YouTube thing or whatever the kids are up, the WhatsApp or whatever the kids are Snapchatting, whatever. Is this some sort of a new challenge where you line up in all of the lanes of the interstate and then you go below the speed limit, sort of like a rolling roadblock? Is that a thing now? Is that something that people are doing for the clicks? Because that's what we got behind yesterday. We saw it develop. It was right in front of us. Um, the the jack wagon in front of us driving like a yellow, look, maybe a Mustang or GT right in front of us. And then there was a, a black one on the left, and then there was a red one on the right, and they were all staying in, in those three lanes, and they wouldn't let anybody pass them. I mean, of course, until you like go around. Luckily, there were four lanes, and you could get around them. But it, I thought at first they were kind of, they were getting ready to do some street racing. I thought that's what they were going to do. But then they just never did it. They were just intent on apparently causing a massive backup for miles and miles and miles. So, by the way, if you were on I-85 southbound yesterday, I want to say it was around exit, I think it was like exit 62 or so, around Salisbury area. So if you were up there and you can't figure out what the heck was going on, that's what it was. Three complete dumbasses 
uh, driving in in, uh, in a, a line and not letting anybody get around them unless you kind of went all the way around to the right lane. But then they would try to find cars that were going slow in the right lane and, and pace with them, too, which looked weird because they weren't Ford Mustangs or GTs or whatever. It was like a Prius. It's kind of, I don't know, like if you're trying to do some sort of a video where all three of your cars are lined up together, I think the Prius kind of ruins the muscle car image that you're going for, but that's just me. What do I know? Um, we had great weather up in New York, too. Great weather, or as Representative Dan Goldman would describe it, but subjects of calls between Joe Biden and Burisma. I think, right, that's, that's, I mean, it was just really not, it's the kind of stuff that Joe and Hunter would talk about while uh, Hunter dialed in Joe to his meeting with some, you know, Ukrainian oligarchs or some Communist Party members or something. Like, that's all. Great weather. Fantastic. Uh, like 60s in the evening. It was fantastic. Oh, what do I, by the way, I got a couple bones to pick here. Apparently, I've been monitoring stuff as I was away, and apparently, apparently some people have been breaking all sorts of stuff while I was away. I don't really appreciate that, right? I don't appreciate, I mean, okay, fine. Another indictment of Trump that's kind of, you know, old news. How many indictments are they racking up? Are they getting to five? Is it, do you get a prize when you hit the five? Is it the five indictments? And then it's like bingo or something. I'm not sure. I will get to that. Uh, but also the, um, the release of the Devin Archer Uh, transcripts that Dan Goldman tells us is proof that they're totally not corrupt, even though that's exactly what influence peddling would look like. So there is that. Uh, Also, uh, some background on our old pal Mark Elias. Because remember, you can't spell lie without Elias. And uh, what broke up the relationship there in the Democrat utopia uh, that is the legal community around Biden, the DNC, and the uh, Democratic Senatorial Committee, and the uh, the Democratic Congressional Committee. Like, what What happened? I thought Mark Elias was just the awesomest of awesome lawyers. The super lawyer, remember? He's suing everybody for the democracy. Why did the Democrats cut ties? Well, we got some more information on that. Also, uh, I was not aware of this until the uh, the trip. While we were driving up and down, we were listening to various podcasts and such, and uh, we heard one of the hosts talk about how Stitcher is going away. So if you listen to the podcast on the Stitcher platform, you're going to have to find another platform. You're in luck. ThePeteCallenderShow.com. You go there. There are all these different links to various podcasting platforms I was not aware that Stitcher got bought by Sirius XM, which is kind of silly. Sorry. Anyway, Sirius XM bought them, and now they're folding Stitcher as, and Stitcher's like one of the oldest, one of the original podcasting platforms, and they're now folding it and bringing it into the Sirius XM platform, which is a subscriber-based model. And so Stitcher is going away for free podcasts. So just a heads up on that. If you get your, um, if you get the podcast, any podcast, if you get it on Stitcher, you're not going to be able to uh, starting, I think it's August 29th, I want to say. Yeah, August 29th. They'll be shutting down according to a notice posted on its website by the parent company, Sirius XM, which said apparently they finally had to pull the car over. Anyway, uh, the reason for the shutdown is to incorporate podcasts more holistically into Sirius XM's flagship 
subscription service. In other words, they're going to try to make you pay for it. This is a free podcast, people. All right, if anybody says, oh, I got to pay to hear Pete's podcast, they're lying to you. I give it away for free. We give it away on the radio, too. So uh, let's see. here. I got a couple of massages here. This is from John up in New Jersey. By the way, big hit. Your present was John. He's a woodworker. We uh, we bought something from him to deliver to uh, to my brother-in-law. Anyway, uh, they, they loved it very much. Speakers on loud motorcycles make no sense to me, he says. Right, like I understand the argument that the motorcyclists make about the loud pipe saving lives and all of that. I understand the argument. I don't know if I totally agree with it, but I understand the argument. But then you've got the loud pipes and now you're going to blast the music over the sound of the loud pipe. That's the thing that, and you keep the music going as you pull into your parking space and you're just sitting there and you're just blaring the music. But I don't get that either with cars. Like people who do that with their cars. Oh, I got to, I got to, you know, roll down my windows and blare this terrible music so everybody can know like I, how I either have no ear for good music or I have terrible taste. I, I don't understand why you would want to broadcast that uh, to a lot of people uh, that you don't know. But uh, once again, these are many things that I don't know. I also, Mike was in Gettysburg last week as, I wonder if I crossed paths with Mike. Mike, stay on the line. I will get to you. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings education and vendors from all over to help people do just that, I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let me get Mike on. Hello, Mike. Thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Hey, Pete. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. What's going on? Well, I was just going to call in response to your trip to Gettysburg. I, uh, my sons and my grandson and I were there last week uh, and spent some time there as well. Beautiful week to be there. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend if you ever go back, you know, shell out the bucks it takes to hire a battlefield guide. Those guys are just amazing, and they can they can point out some things that you never would have imagined took place on that battlefield, and uh, they're just really, really good at what they do, and it's well worth the money. We all we consider doing the bus tour, but then we're worried that we would get seated up on the top, which wasn't shaded. And they got four kids, and two of them are pretty young. And so we were like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be good for the kids. So we, we just split up into two different vehicles. I got the vehicle with my wife and the two uh, teenage girls, and so they got very bored very fast. <laughs> Yeah, I think you can do the uh, the guides will actually, if there's room, they will take your vehicle and drive you around the battlefield. And uh, you know, we got one for three hours uh, for a hundred dollars. There were there were four of us uh, in the car with him, and uh, he was just amazing. I mean, the, the gentleman we had had been a battlefield guide for fifty five years. Oh wow! 
and he was a retired eighth grade history teacher, so he really knew his stuff. And you're right, Gettysburg is an amazing, amazing place to be. I've been there multiple times, and I always learn something every time I go. Oh, yeah, I bet. I mean, there's because there's just so much. Um, it, it, I mean, just from the battlefield and the museums and the cyclorama, whatever, the, uh, and then the whole downtown area, uh, you know, where you got the— uh, the statues, because you know Lincoln stayed there before the Gettysburg Address, and all of that. It's just, yeah, there's just a ton, a ton of stuff. And then one of the things, what did you do? Any of the, uh, what is it, the ghost tours? These haunted ghost tours. Apparently, that's like all the rage now. Well, we did not do any of the ghost tours, and we asked our guide about it, and he said that uh, in his 55 years, that it was his opinion there were no ghosts on that battlefield. That the uh, uh, that was just something that was created to uh, encourage tourism and get people to spend some money. So, I don't know. I've had some friends that say they've seen some awful, strange things. So I'm kind of one, no one way or the other on that. Yeah, we went to. Did you uh, did you check out the covered bridge? Um, where is it? At uh, Sachs Sachs Covered Bridge, I think it's what it's called. It's like this big red bridge and. Supposedly, like, so we show up there because Dr. William Forston, who I had interviewed a couple of weeks back, uh, and he wrote a book with Newt Gingrich about Gettysburg. And so he had some pointers he, he told me about. So he, he said, go check out this bridge and do it at sundown because the, the legend is that it's haunted. So I thought, OK, we'll do that because the kids, whatever. And so we bring them over there and it's beautiful. But there's a guy inside the covered bridge and it's closed off to, for, for vehicle traffic. Uh, and he's sitting in there. And he's got these, he's got a red light, he's got a green light, he has some stuff on the floor, and he's, you know, communicating with some ghost that apparently somebody posted a video on YouTube a couple of months ago or something, or years ago, and it showed like a cigarette getting lit and puffed on supposedly by, you know, a dead soldier's ghost. And so since then, it seems like there's a lot of grifters that are in the, that are in the area now. Well, and you'll, you know, you'll probably run across a lot of those. I think if you're, you're better off if you just stick with the, the real history that took place there. And right. Sort of the, uh, the spirits that might be wandering around since. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not. enough places it is. You know, right. Uh, uh, but yeah. it's, just, it's beautiful. And one of the things we did, we spent the day in Gettysburg, and then we the next day we traveled down to Antietam. Mm. And from there we went to Harper's Ferry, and all that's within, you know, uh, two hours of each other, mm-hmm. so it, it just makes for a great historical, you know, vacation if you're interested in that type thing. And like I said, my sons and I both have been there many times, and this was my grandson's first trip, so uh, he just he just loved it. And how uh, I how taking him back again? How old is your grandson now? He's thirteen. He'll be fourteen. Okay, uh, later this year. Uh, and I'm in my early seventies. I like I said I've been there. Uh, first trip was in 1988, and been there, you know, several times since. So yeah, it's just it's just well worth making that trip. Oh yeah, I agree. It's uh, I want to say it's it was like about seven hour about a seven hour drive. I want to say from Charlotte. Um, yeah, just about seven or eight, depending on how many times you have to stop. Yeah, well, yes, and and well, and that actually is increased the number of times uh, you stop is um, the number of times is increased by the the more times the cops ask you to. So that's what I learned also. Yeah. No, I'm well, kidding. I tell people from Charlotte, <laughs> there's only two turns. You turn on off of 77 onto 81, and yep. you turn off of 81 onto 15, and uh, you're, you're right there. So it's only two turns to get from here to Gettysburg. Yep, that's true. It's that, it's that 500 miles in between. It's that, uh, <laughs> that's right. 
And it's all through Virginia. It's like you're in Virginia for like six hours. Uh, Mike, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks so much. Great info. All right. I'm glad you got to go. We'll talk again. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, no, it was. It was beautiful. I recommend it. Like, even, even if you're not into, like, a lot of the history, you just want to go to, like, a really cool downtown. Because it's a massive downtown. I mean, I want to say it's, like, 15 to 20 blocks long, like, six blocks wide. It's a, it's a very large, old, historic downtown. Which is really cool. Um, let me see here a couple of messages. This is from Russ. Uh, Pete, welcome back. Jason Lewis is a great fill-in, but I realized this week that you've conditioned a Pavlovian response in me when I hear when the levee breaks uh, that we're about to have fun. Ah, well, okay, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I do try to be entertaining um, and uh, and you know instructive. I'm not sure if I actually am able to. Um, to fulfill all of that, let me see here. Pete, okay, you're starting to sound like my wife, says Joe. You got a better way to set up Gettysburg, and now you want the motorcycles to be quiet. Next, you'll want all driving electric cars. Well, I mean, I mean, you can dream. No, I'm kidding. That's, um, no, there were a ton of old cars, too, like the classic vehicles. I don't know if there was some show going on, but there was a ton of them just driving through. It was a, it was a beautiful weekend, too, so I guess that that's what gets a lot of people out on the motorcycles and stuff and Looked like there was a, I mean, it's a good spot. Like if you're going to be, you know, cruising through, you know, PA on the motorcycles as part of your, you know, your boomer biker gang, then, um, cause I mean, like a lot of the motorcycles we saw were like high end bikes, you know? And so like traveling tourist bikes, whatever they call it, tours. I don't know what it, I, I look, I'm not a, I'm not a motorcycle person. So all I know is like, they would just pull up in like packs of, you know, 20 and 30 motorcycles. But honestly, the most obnoxious ones were the solo guys, like one or two of them. I think they were more. I think they were locals. Um, let me see here. Pete, do you think that Amish people go to country cooking restaurants like Cracker Barrel and critique the food? Holly wants to know. I would say so. I mean, if I was Amish, I would. I'd be like, you know, this isn't real country butter. I'd be like, I want to talk to your manager. And, then, and, you know, while they're playing, because the, they can make all of those board games, too, that you have at Cracker Barrel. They make all of those. So um, can they play the, I think, um, right, the Amish can play those little little peg jumping triangle game they've got there. They're allowed to play games, right? Aren't they? Anyway, uh, Pete, I am with you. Steve says, I am with you on loud volume from motorists who feel the need to share their music. I would like to put my Marshall stack and Les Paul guitar in their ear at volume 11, using all the high gain for the power chords. Right? Like, where does this stop, right? This mutually assured audio destruction. Where does it end? People can, like, do I need to start, you know, touring around with, uh, like, a wall of sound, Grateful Dead era kind of uh, setup on, like, a trailer and just be blasting out everybody? Probably get a ticket. I would get the ticket, I am sure. I am sure. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items. From modern tactical gear to historical collectibles, Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will 
will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Got a message here from Walter who says that Twitter, or X, blocked his account, stating he violated their rules by inciting violence because he quoted the U.S. law on treason. I stated, if treasonous, then they should be put in front of the firing. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Absolutely. The algorithms uh, do not detect humor. They are, uh, they are very much like leftists. They do not detect humor at all. Uh, that is the law. So I violated their rules so much for their so-called free speech. I still listen live when not in meetings, which is typically all day long. Wait, so you're in meetings all day long? That sounds like a layer of hell, but, um, or maybe you listen all day long because you don't have a lot of meetings. Anyway, keep preaching the truth, Walter says. Thank you, Walter. I appreciate it. Sorry about your uh, Twitter or X experience. Ooh, there you go. They should totally use that word, experience. I don't know how yet. But you heard it here first. I'm trademarking that. If they do something with it, I'm going to get some money from Elon. Okay. Chris says, Pete, glad to hear your vacation went well, with a few exceptions, but these things happen. Um, I do have a question. At the news break before your show began, audio of the crowd from a rally in Kentucky was played when Mitch McConnell was on stage. I could not understand what was being chanted. Can you please tell us? Um, I can, actually, because I just saw uh, a tweet or an X, an experience. No, a tweet. I, I saw a tweet about it. They were screaming. The people started chanting, retire. They were jeering him. Retire, retire, or retire, retire. I don't know. They were chanting retire to the turtle. Cocaine Mitch. So uh, there's that. Oh, and then there's this. How much time? Okay, good. I've got the time for this. Let's. I just came across this before the program began. Kevin McCarthy. Look, I am not one of these people that tosses the word destroys around, like except when eating food. Aside from that, like I'm not one of like you see all the time, you know, Ben Shapiro destroys leftist student, whatever. So this person, Kyle Becker, Kyle Becker News Uh, He says, Kevin McCarthy destroys a reporter. That did not happen. The reporter is still alive. There was no destruction of the person. However, awesome response from Kevin McCarthy. I know I'm listening to myself as I'm saying that. And really, well, here, take, take a listen for yourself. This is Kevin McCarthy getting a question about Donald Trump and the 2020 election. And by the way, uh, uh, this is what the 24 election is going to be about, obviously. If Donald Trump is the nominee, and even if he's not, because Ron DeSantis got asked about this, too. Everybody is being asked about whether or not Donald Trump won the 2020 election. That's it's like this this standard question. It's a it's a form of defend or disavow. It's D or D. Right. It's uh, this one guy in your party is saying something. And so I'm going to make you defend or disavow what he is saying. And so there's no way you can win. There's a trap because if McCarthy says uh, uh, I disagree with Donald Trump, then the the hope is that Trump turns his fire on McCarthy and all of the Trump supporters turn their fire on McCarthy. Well, okay, more than they already are. 
Although Trump endorsed McCarthy, so maybe not. I don't know. Regardless, if he says, uh, no, Donald Trump did not lose, well, then you get the pile on from Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself. So it's a, it's a, it's a no win for him. So here is how he answers it, and I think this is the correct answer. This is the correct way to explain it. And I've said from the beginning, you don't get to January 6th if you don't have Russia collusion, the FISA abuses, all of the weaponization of uh, our law enforcement against Trump. You, you don't get to J6 unless you went through the, the, the summer of mostly peaceful but fiery riots, right? You, all of it is, it's all, it's all prologue. We are informed and we respond to the, the times in which we live. And all of these things happened and it, it, it generated that level of anger. Much like you don't get to Trump talking about the 2020 election being rigged unless you've got all of the changing of the ballot rules, but also you have the experience from 2020 and, and uh, 2016 and, tw- and 2020 and 2000, like all of these different elections where Democrats did the same thing. Still saying the election 2020 was fraud. There was fraudulent activity going on. Yeah. That Joe Biden didn't win. Yeah. And I can say the same thing that Hillary Clinton says about her election that she lost. I can say the same thing about the DNC who said it about um, the 2016 race. I can say the same thing about those in the Democratic Party from the leadership on down about George Bush not winning, that Al Gore did. But were any of them prosecuted? Were any of them put in jail? Were any of them held with no response to be able to get out? The answer is no. So yeah, you can raise that, that someone raised a question. And you know in America, you're entitled to raise a question. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the First Amendment. That's the uniqueness of America. But you know what? You shouldn't be prosecuted for your thoughts. And the difference here is, when Hillary Clinton said it, nothing happened to her. When they said it in Georgia's election, nothing happened to them either. You know what? When the DNC said it, nothing happened to them either. So stop using government to go after people who politically disagree with you. That is wrong, and that should stop now. There you go. Kevin McCarthy. A bit, a little bit, un poquito, en fuego. Just a little bit on fire there. I think it's because he's not wearing the tie. I think people are kind of letting loose because they've taken off the ties as the fashion uh, trend now. It's just a hypothesis. 